You're listening to a production of Swanson Media. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Sullen Radio. I'm Joe Swanson. This show is brought to you today by TattooSmart.com. Look guys, if you're into the digital game yet, you got to go check out TattooSmart.com. If you're not into the digital game yet, you need to get in because this is the future. I'm seeing guys, some of my favorite artists online, getting into the digital, starting to explore it. Guys like Ian Parkin, guys like Mike Dorsey. Man, that dude's stuff is so rad. So if you go over to TattooSmart.com, you can check out all their brush sets, all their tutorials, all their digital palettes, everything that you need to get going with the digital game. So check out TattooSmart.com. If you use the promo code SWANSON, that's my last name, S-W-A-N-S-O-N, you'll get 10% off your order of any of the digital tools that you need to get going. So check it out, TattooSmart.com, ancient craft, modern perspective. We're also brought to you by Tattoo Now. TattooNow.com put together the Sullen Radio website. You can check that out. It looks great. It functions great. If you guys are looking for a way to reach out to your clients to have a central hub that you can send people that are interested in your work to, TattooNow.com can build your website for you. They're going to put options in there that you need, a portfolio, an ability for people to book appointments with you, a blog so you can get your opinions out to the world, all the links to your social media so you can continue to grow those tools and enhance your business. If you want a website that's going to look great, act great, with little to worry about, hit up TattooNow.com. So do that, guys. If you want a great looking website, TattooNow.com forward slash Sullen Radio. You get 25 bucks off the $4.99. You're going to get a beautiful site that works great. You're going to be able to enhance your business. So check them out, TattooNow.com forward slash Sullen Radio, and get a great website built. All right, guys, let's get into the show. I'm Joe Swanson. This is the Sullen Radio Podcast, and this is me chatting with Dominic Taylor. This is Sullen Radio with Joe Swanson, the premier art-driven podcast. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Good, good. This is still giving me a little bit of fucking problems. I don't know why. Dude, so you got suspended from Skype? Yeah, yeah, it said my fucking account got suspended, and then I had to fucking reset everything back up again. That sucks, man. Why'd you get, how do you get suspended from Skype? I don't know, I don't know. It wasn't like I was like Skyping shit that wasn't supposed to Skype or anything, it was like... I think you could pretty much Skype whoever the fuck you want, right? I mean, shit. That's what, that's what I thought. Must have, I, I don't know, man, getting suspended from Skype, that's... that's uh. That's a new one. That's a new yeah. one. But we got it figured out. My audio's figured out. Your Skype is figured out. Right. I'm, I'm excited. To, I'm excited to talk to you, man. It's been a, <laughs> it's been a, it's been a while. Yeah, you know, it has. You know, yeah. well, I, I bumped into you about a year ago um, down at Palm Springs. Right. Um, and before that, we had a conversation from the Musink show. I think right. that same year, right? Was it? Yeah. Uh, so just a year, or was it two years ago at Musink? It was two years ago. Um, I, 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 would say, I would say it was about ago. two years. It was about two years, actually. Because I think, because uh, I didn't go to this last one. I, I, I didn't. I went to um, this last year that when they just had it. So we went right. to the, the one. Well, I guess, I guess maybe it is fucking a year ago. I don't know what I'm thinking, but <laughs> caught, up, caught up with you at Palm Springs. You were doing a dope piece, um, and 
man, I, I've always been impressed, like since I, I got introduced to you at Musing with your work and it trips me out that you haven't just dove into one particular style and you maintain this idea that we spoke about uh, early on uh, that you're going to do whatever comes to the door and handle all styles and whatever that piece of art that needs to go on that person and calls for you're going to get into. And right. do you still kind of, I'm creeping on your Instagram a little bit. It seems like that's still kind of your game plan. Is, <laughs> yeah. is, do you have any uh, intentions of just, wrapping your arms around one style and, and getting after it? Or do, you, do you like mixing it up? Um, I like mixing it up. Um, I stay uh, pretty much between um, color realism and black and gray realism. Mm -hmm. um, those those two seem to be the ones that, that call out the most to me. So I try to stay between those, those realms. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. But, but anything else, though, you know what I mean? If it does come across... Uh, I would say the only thing that I probably don't do like that is like traditional Japanese. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Especially with uh, with us having Aaron and everything like that. It's like just kind of no. <laughs> Excuse me. That's right. kind of no no reason to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, but yeah, I, I pretty much say between color realism and black and gray realism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for those of you guys who are listening, I'm talking with Dominic Taylor. Um, out of Nittis Tattoo, and man, how's that going for you? That that's a that's a great shop filled with a bunch of killers. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm blessed to be be with amongst uh, a lot of great artists. You know what I mean? Do you remember the first time you met Flocks? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of hard to 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 not. Um, <laughs> Remember the the last time when I uh, when I first met him, uh, basically I was just uh, wrapping up from doing a pretty solid week of tattooing, um, coming out to San Diego. Um, I was actually like tattooing a bunch of Mongols at, at one of the friends' clubhouse, and then um, I ran into the mall, you know what I mean, just to pick up some clothes or whatever like that, and that's where they had the new location in Mission Valley Mall at the time. And, uh, yeah, he was just sitting outside smoking a cigarette. And I was like, oh, shit, that's flocks. You know what I mean? You can't, you know what I mean? You can't miss them, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it was just like, let me go up to him and say what's up to him, you know? And uh, pretty much everything was, was cool from then. You know, he showed me around the shop, and he knew I was a, a artist that was from out of town. And he was just like, hey, man, anytime you want to come back, whatever like that, just just let me know. You know what I mean? And how, how long did it take you to get back there? Um, you went and guest spotted for a couple times, or how, how did how did you make your way over to uh, that shop? Uh, I basically did the guest spot the next year because um, I followed up on his invitation and everything. And... Um, the next year I came out, I, I actually was in the shop guest spotting and everything. Uh, things went really good that time, so they asked me to come back again. And then the net, the following year, I did another guest spot, mm -hmm. and then things went really good that time. So that's when they kind of gave me the invitation. It was just like, "Hey, man, I don't know what your home uh, shop, you know, what I mean." situation is going but if you if you ever want to come through whatever like that and have like a permanent home 
it was like, you got it, you know what I mean? So it, it worked out. I was like, let me give let me give a year to think about it and uh, really kind of solidify my moves and what, and what I want to do. And uh, I'll get back to you. So I got back to him and things worked out, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, that's that's super cool. You know, what were the things that you were thinking about that year that you took to kind of weigh out those weigh out the option of going there, being in that shop, being around that, you know, those caliber of artists and where and tell me where you were working uh where were you working before that too? Uh before I was working at uh Virginia Beach Inc. It was down in Virginia Beach. Um, it was a pretty, it was a pretty decent shop. You know what I'm saying? I made really good money there. It was the closest shop to the ocean front, mm-hmm. uh, compared to all the other shops. They're more inland. So, um, so we had a lot of tourists that were coming through there. Um, had a lot of regulars that were coming through there, you know what I mean? Beach locals and everything. And, um, I made pretty good money there. Uh, but in order for me to progress and, and to, to learn more styles and, and to really just get that impact on my career like I was going for, um, to compare it to my art career, you know, I, I knew I needed to, to step it up and be in, in an area with more, with more talent going on, going on. Not to say that there wasn't a lot of talent where I was at. I just needed more more industry hitters, you know what I'm saying? Just, yeah, I just, mean, you're talking about the uh, Southern California from San Diego up to LA. Right. The, the you know, badass tattooers per capita is like some of, right. the, some of the biggest, man. I mean, there's so many dudes right. out there that are just killing it, you know? It's just right. so you have so many people there. Right, right. So it was just like, it, it, only, seemed, it only seemed right for me. It was like, okay... If I'm gonna step uh, step my level up in my tattooing career the same way I've stepped it up in my art career, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I gotta go where the beasts are, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like it's time to move. Yeah. So um, so yeah, like as I was doing the guest fighting, it helped me venture out, see exactly the placement I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I like San Diego because, like you said, it's it's such an essential location. You know, you're two hours from L.A., you're four hours from Vegas, and I mean, you're four hours from, from Arizona. You know, you, you also have just like like going further upstate, you know, going to San Francisco, going to the Bay Area and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's a good spot to be where you could just kind of still, you know, what I mean, pull from those different areas, you know, what I mean, and learn different things. There's a lot of, uh, seems like there's a lot of good tattooing and a lot of conventions and things go that go on in Arizona. It's like a little hot spot right there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Do you, do you have f- your favorite shows that you like to go to? I mean, you, you travel pretty regularly, don't you? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, I, I, I go between the East Coast and the West Coast um, a good amount. And uh, I try I try to hit the big shows that are on on both coasts if I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the most part, I have trouble with that because a lot of the bigger shows on the West Coast happen around the same time on the East Coast. So it's like I kind of have to choose which one I want to go to more. Right. Um, but I've been going to a lot of the the ones in on the West Coast as far as like Ink and Iron, uh, Gold Coast. I've been to the one in San Diego. 
um, been I've done music, um, so I try to try to stay with them. You know, I mean Palm Springs, of course. Yeah, that was just that just happened, man. How was that? Uh, it was a good show. It was a really good show. It was a good time to see all the artists that traveled with in in, in the past. Um, see some new artists, um, as well as just chill out. You know what I mean? Got to see Be Real. That was my first time seeing them like perform. So that tell, was cool. Tell me about that. What was your experience? Where were you at in the crowd? Uh, we had a VIP booth. Um, I know it was me, Flox, uh, Steve Soto, a couple of guys from Players Club. Um, I know uh, Ricardo Avila. He was there. Uh, we had it was a good couple of people, you know what I'm saying, and we was all just chilling, you know what I mean, having a good time, and uh, B Real came out, started smoking a blunt right there, you know what I mean, it's a typical, typical show, you know what I'm saying, uh, for Cypress Hill, and um, it was dope, you know what I mean, he did all the classics, plus he did all of his new ones, you know what I mean, it's a real nice show. Do you have a a moment in that show, like a song that was just like, man, this is, this is sick. This is dope. Uh, I would say like we did shit like the ship goes down. And then when he's done, like, you know, a lot of his other classics that he's done with Cypress Hill, you know, yeah. it's, it's just, it was dope just to see him. You know what I mean? Just to, just to see his, his energy and everything and just how amped he get while still smoking at the same time, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's still, like, maintain that that line. He's like he's like watching Redman, you know what I mean? If, if you ever had the chance to catch him, like, Redman's the same way. He, like, gives that energy, but at the same time, it's high as hell, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Damn, dude. that It sound, looked like a, a pretty small – how big was the venue? Because from pictures, it looked like everybody was super close. Yeah, yeah, it was, um, it was, the venue was, it was, it was tight, you know what I mean, like, real, uh, real, real tight, like, setting, you know what I mean, it was like, like we're in a club and everything like that, you know what I mean, you're watching a performance, but, I mean, it, it was, it was good enough, though, it was just enough room for everybody to kind of, like, be around each other, but then at the same time, you know what I mean? You had a little, you had a little space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah, but it seemed like it seemed like a pretty intimate, intimate uh, venue for the performance. Just looking at pictures and watching the videos and shit on Instagram. Um, yeah, seemed like a seems like a seemed like a dope show. Right, right, right. No, it, it was cool. I think I think it was perfect for you know what I mean for the venue and then for for all the artists that was there and stuff. You know, it was almost kind of like we had like our private show. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and 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 we just really got to appreciate the music. Everybody, you know, what I mean, loves Cypress Hill. They love Be Real. You know, what I'm saying they love all all the music that he's done. You know, what I mean, for Southern California period. So it's just like, you know, it was just enough. Yeah, are you big music guy? Uh, I'm I'm pretty good on my music. You know, what I'm saying. <laughs> Who do you like? Who do you listen to right now? Uh, well, I stay listening to Nas. Um, stay listening to Fabulous. Uh, listen to Nipsey Hustle. Um, I listen to a good amount of Schoolboy Q. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I try to bounce around a little bit. That's good. That's good, man. I like it. I I've been heavy on Andre Nicotina lately. Just like mm-hmm. I can't stop listening to that. 
I just yeah. hit Pandora, Nicotina Radio. Man, <laughs> <laughs> it's dope shit. And I'm still yeah. I still gotta I still gotta go with like um the Bay Area, uh Richmond, I am Sue. Um right. but then I'll see I'll mix it though, because I, I like putting I am Sue uh mixed with problem. So you okay. get that Southern California hit right. with the Bay Area stuff, man. It's it's like you can't go wrong. So that's steady for me. What else is steady for me? Like, uh, oh man, uh, Jim Croce. Okay. He, so that's all. Like that's a completely different like ballpark than right, the right. shit I just mentioned. And right. then I just I'll listen to him. I love listening to him. Like when I'm painting or something. Like yeah. it's just a classic, classic like storytelling songwriting. You know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, good I, shit. I, I, I would say I would say for me like uh, like I'm working on a piece right now I'm working on a piece for Big Gus's show, uh, Blooming with Autism, and um, like I, at times I would listen to my hip hop and stuff like that like I normally go to, but then it's just like I don't know for some, for to to give me that feeling of something a little bit more lighthearted, something that has a little bit more soul to it. Mm -hmm. You know I've I've been uh, digging back into my my jazz. And just like listening to like Miles Davis, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, like Bitches Brew, and you know what I mean, like Blue and Green, and like all stuff like that. Um, been going back to a little bit of like Neil Soul type stuff and everything, just to give it that that real soul sultry feel. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, I like listening to that stuff though when I paint. Yeah, you know that's I mean? that's cool, man. I I used to have a when, when I, there was still cassette tapes. Years ago, when I was a young man, I had a cassette tape that was Dizzy Gillespie and Stan Getz. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Man, dude, there's nothing like that shit. It's, yeah, it's, it's not. It's so good. It's not. It's not. Yeah. Well, I, I'll, there's times where I'll be listening to, like, like Thelonious Monk. You know what I'm saying? I'll, I listen to John Coltrane. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I, I dig around a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's good. <laughs> That's I probably don't dig around as much as I should with music and that, you know what that was one thing i liked about and pandora is all right for this but one thing i liked about uh the i music mm -hmm. i would love to have but i'm just not gonna pay 10 bucks for it you know yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I, I already pay, you know i already have the the pandora one and and shit but the thing i liked about that was you could just pick an artist and you could listen to their whole catalog you yeah know? i mean the yeah. whole from start to finish you know and Man, I, I like that. Pandora's okay with that. You know, you get a little bit of mix-in and variety, but not like, you know, not like iMusic had. iMusic was right. pretty good for that. Right, right. No, I agree. I agree. And it, and it helps, too, because in a way, it's like there's, there's certain songs that you don't have, you know what I mean, or the unreleased joints, and then it's just like by listening to that, you get a chance to, to hear those, whereas mm -hmm. if it was on Pandora, you're going to hear just the pop stuff. You know what I mean? From that artist, you know, it's, you're not going to hear a lot of like their music. You're going to hear more of their genre. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where do you fall? Where Where are you finding most of your music and and staying up on new shit that's coming out and and what's you know, where to find those things? Uh, I mean, I'm still kind of old school with that, man. Like, I I still listen to the like the old old school like mixtapes and you know what I mean. Find me a like, give me a fucking DVD bootlegger, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like those cats have everything, you know? Um, other than that, I go on uh, Dat Piff. Um, 
it's it's a it's like an archive of just like mixtapes and everything. Um, it comes. They'll have like the most recent ones, and then they'll have, you know, what I mean, mixtapes from a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I go through there a lot. Um, a lot of my cats from back home, they still plug me on a whole bunch of music. So I don't know. I I'm kind of like lucky to have the music environment that I've built in mm-hmm. the community that I've built because like cats will pass me music. And just in passing, just because they know I appreciate music and stuff, you know. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Baltimore, Baltimore, Maryland. Um, between there and then D.C., but going back and forth between both of those areas. Big, big difference in music scenes between the two. Um. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny. On a clubbing tip, Baltimore has like Baltimore Club. And then D.C. has Go-Go. Uh, Go-Go is a little bit more like, um, it's more percussion. It's more like loud band. Like, that's why you have, like, groups just like Backyard Band. You have Rare Essence. You have Chuck Brown. You know what I mean? Those are old school cats that really stamp that style of, uh, of music. You know what I mean? Um, and, and it's basically just like just loud percussions. You know what I mean? Drum patterns. You know, uh, trumpets, you know, cats banging on, on drums, you know what I mean, or, or trash can lids or whatever like that, you know what I mean, just to make those certain sounds, you know, um, th- that partying sound, whereas like Baltimore Club is just like recycled old school, you know what I mean, hip hop or old school mixes or whatever, and it's just, it has a funky feel to it, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just complete. so it's... It's uh, it's totally different, totally different vibe, man. Based on, based on how they're, how it's coming out. You know what I mean? It's it's so yeah. crazy to that different spots end up developing these different little things about them that, and it's with tattooing too. I mean, people say, oh, that's like a SoCal style, you know? Right. Or, um, that's like a Jack Rudy, you know, that's a, a Jack Rudy girl, you know, right, 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 it's like right. that, that style emerges from these different particular areas. It's, it's dope that, um, you know, you can feel that coming through in the music. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, like even, even from going to like New York, you know what I mean? Or going down to Miami, you know, their club scene is a little bit different than those, those areas in Philly, those areas in Baltimore, those areas in DC, like cats, if they if they met me straight off the straight off the bat, they would be like, "Oh, where you from?" I'm like, "I'm from Baltimore." They're like, "Oh, so you listen to like some Baltimore club and shit?" I was like, "Hell yeah!" You know what I mean? <laughs> or uh, I'll have some cats. They they don't. I can tell they're not from the area because they'll be like, if they're from DC or something like that, they'll be like, "Oh, so you listen to the Go Go." I was like, nah, motherfucker, are you here? I'm, I'm from Baltimore. Like, I listen to Baltimore Club. I'll listen to Go-Go. But don't get me wrong, like, I know what Go-Go is because my family's there. You know what I mean? But there is a difference. There is a difference. So you spent more time in Baltimore um, during the time that maybe your formidable music years? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. What age were you when you moved to Baltimore? Um, let me see. Cause I was in, I was in Hawaii. I was there until I was about three. Then we went 
to D.C., which is where my, my mom and my dad were from. Um, we stayed there for about two years. And then after that, we moved to Baltimore because that's where my dad got stationed over at the base in um, Aberdeen Improvement Grounds. So we was out there. And I pretty much was there from, I would say, like six, seven, all the way up to, you know what I mean, to like 2001. Yeah, so, yeah, that's definitely your your childhood, yeah, man, Baltimore. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And it, mo most of the memories, like, you know, a lot of people have memories, you know, earlier than this, but I think a lot, most people are like four or five years old, they start having these memories. And uh, yeah. so really, like, you you do you remember much from D.C. at all? Uh, I remember going to my grandmother's house a lot. I had two, both of my grandmothers. Uh, they both ha had hands in, in, in help raising me when I was in the city and stuff. So I would bounce between both of their houses, um, go to my cousins and everything. So a lot of that time was like real like family time, uh -huh. you know. Um, that, that was pretty much it, just being with them. And then as we went over to Baltimore... Then that's when, like, we would go and do our cookouts down in D.C., where we would do, you know what I'm saying, fish fries in Baltimore or crab feasts in Baltimore, and then go back to D.C., and then we would go back and forth, you know what I'm saying? So it was just like we always just kept it going just like that. So you would spend, you would still spend time in in, in D.C., um, but Baltimore was, was the, the home. Yeah, Baltimore was, like, my stomping ground, definitely. Yeah. Like, that's that was, that was like... You know what I mean? Between being out in the suburbs and then also being in the city, you know what I mean? Running around, you know what I mean? Get my little chicken boxes and shit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like that, that was that was my stuff. Going down to the market, you know, like all that stuff. You know what I mean? Being around the harbor, seeing 4th of July, Artscape, you know, all, all those events and stuff that happened in Baltimore and still do. You know, those, those were things that definitely helped you know, what I mean? build my childhood and, and my love of music because there was always concerts. There was always live, you know, what I mean, acts going on and stuff. So it just brought everything together. Hmm. That's cool. And you just uh, you were able to have kind of that free reign to go out there or were your parents taking you to these things or was uh, kind of later I, when you? I mean, of course, when I was younger, you know, what I mean, my parents would take me, you know, what I'm saying um, I would go with my cousins a lot. Or with friends that live down in the city, uh -huh. you know what I mean? Their moms would come and scoop me up and take me down there. And we all just be, you know what I mean, badass little kids running around <laughs> and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, you know, we, we, I had my ways of getting out there then. And then as I got older, you know, the more, more I could drive and the more liberties that I had, mm -hmm. I was, of course, going down there with all my friends or myself or whatever. Yeah, it's, uh, that's cool, man. Um. How did you get drawn into tattooing? Like, or, or you know, even before before that, like, um, you know, running around Baltimore as a kid, like, how did how did art how, get your attention? Uh, well, when I, I would say when I was younger, uh, a lot my my dad would take me to the art expos that was happening in the inner metro areas of the cities. So I would go to the one in D.C., I would go to the one in Baltimore, and I would go to the one in Philly. The one in Philly was at Temple University. The one in Baltimore was at the uh, was at the Mariner Arena. Um, 
And then the other one in D.C., of course, was down at the convention center down there. But you would see, and there was just like just uh, African-American art expos. So you would see a lot of culture. You would see a lot of, uh, a lot of the things going on, a lot of music and everything, performing acts. Stuff. And I, I think that was a big introduction to me as far as on the art scene and the professional level I wanted to go with my art. Other than that, I've always been exposed to graffiti, you know what I mean? Um, seeing all kinds of murals. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go to Philly, there's murals everywhere. They actually have a mural society that goes around and, and is, 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 I think it's called the Renaissance Society or something like that. But uh, they go through and they actually do these large-ass murals that's taking up a whole building. You know what I mean? And then uh, you have some societies that's in D.C. that do the same thing. Um, Baltimore, they have like... Uh, to restore the bridges and everything that's around there. They'll have artists that do murals on the bridges and everything. Um, I went to art, the art Institute in Baltimore. So a lot of times they would ask some of the artists to do, you know what I mean? Murals there too. So it was just like, I've always been around art, you know what I mean? Or city art, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, uh, when, could you went to art school then? Uh, I went to art school in, in Maryland. It was uh, Maryland Institute College of Art. It's like right downtown in Baltimore. So that, uh, when did you decide like, Hey, this is the, this is the path I want to go. I want to, I want to, and did you have an idea of, of what kind of art you wanted to do when you went into art school? Uh, well, I would say it began for me in middle school. I knew I wanted to go to art school even then. Um, I would say like seventh grade, I was already looking to try to be an animator. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So, um, so then I started looking at the schools, what the best schools to go to for animation and everything. And I would learn about Florida and I would learn about New York. You know what I mean? And it was an art expo that I went to, I think, the, the next year. Um, I was basically in eighth grade. And one of the artists that I had met at the expo, he was just like, man, why, why go to all those other places? Like, you got one of the best art schools, like, in your city. And that's when I started, like, really doing the, the background information and, and learning about Maryland Institute. And it was, like, one of the best art schools on the East Coast and damn near in the um, United States for, for art. It's, it's up there as top, like, at least top ten. You know what I'm saying? So I was just like, fuck it. I was like, let me stay home instead of giving giving all these other schools this out-of-state tuition and everything. You know what I mean? What was that like going there? At Maryland Institute? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a melting pot, definitely. Um, you have kids that can't speak a lick of English. You know what I mean? Just, just there, just chilling, just doing art. You know, doing all kinds of art. Um, you would have even kids from... Taiwan, you would have kids from Japan, you would have students from Africa, you know, and then you would have kids from the States, you would have some kids from London, you know, so it was it was very diverse. Um, and then you would have a whole bunch of city kids just sitting right there too, you know. Just, uh, what, what was the, what was, do you think that experience helped you like get in tattooing now, obviously having like, uh, I mean, it has to have, like, that, that, 
deep understanding of art, having gone through that, um, you know, full curriculum, it has to make you, is that, is, how does that affect your tattooing now? Well, I would say, okay, like, before I got into college, like, right, like, my first year of college, I actually, like, I got my first tattoo, like, okay. right before that. I was 17, and um, I went to this tattoo shop. It was off of Route 40. You know what I mean? It, I think, what was the name of it? It was, um, it was something in ink. But it was a bunch of bikers had, had, like, you could tell they owned the shop. As soon as you walk in, you know what I'm saying, you got carpet on the floors, and then you go upstairs, and then it's like there's a tattooing area, and it's like, you could tell it was like an old kitchen that they made into a studio and everything like that. But, I mean, it was a legit shop, you know what I'm saying? Like, they had their flash on the wall and everything, old school, 90s flash everywhere, and... uh they saw that I could draw even before then, so they would ask me to, to help them out and draw them flash sheets. So before I was even getting tattooed, I was drawing flash sheets for these motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even know worth anything. You know what I'm saying? I'm just a city black kid, you know what I'm saying, just coming through or whatever like that. So uh, me and my boys we went there we after school. It was like, fuck it, let's go get tattooed. And um, we get tattooed, and the guy's... From then on, it was like, hey, man, we like the flash that you've been bringing us. Can you keep on, like, bringing us some more or whatever? And I was like, yeah, sure. So that was my little hustle. I was making my little money on the side. And one of the dudes approached me. He was just like, look, man, he was like, you've been doing this for a little bit now. We like your work. He was like, can, do you want to do an apprenticeship? And I was like, well, what, what the fuck is that? You know what I mean? I'm like a young little kid. I don't know what that is. So um, I was like, well, what, 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 what happens? What, what is an apprenticeship? You trying to, like, induct me into the biker gang or some shit? And he was just like, nah, 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 nah. You would tattoo. You would learn how to tattoo. I was like, oh, okay. Fuck it. I'm down. You know what I mean? I kid you not, the next day, the motherfucker has a heart attack, yo. <laughs> he has I a heart attack. Like, 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 I actually go home. Like, I... I didn't even think about, like, bringing this to my mom yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm already thinking. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to learn how to be a tattoo artist. You know? And I just got my acceptance acceptance letter into college and everything. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to be a tattoo artist. <laughs> and, um, yeah, the dude dies the next fucking day. Has a heart attack. So I was like, what happened to John? He was like, yeah, he, he died. It's <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you know <laughs> He was like, yeah, he, he passed away. He had a heart attack. I was like, all right, well, maybe this ain't the right time to be a tattoo artist. Um, so from then, I went straight to school. You know what I mean? Got my degree. And I was still getting tattooed and everything like that. Still had the love for it. Still had the appreciation for it. But um, at that time, of course, I'm in art school, so I didn't have the time to sit up there and do the flash sheets and do all the stuff like I was doing before. So, you know what I mean? I just, just was appreciating from afar. And by the time I graduated and got my first art job going down to Virginia Beach, you know what I mean? I was doing clothing designing for a little bit. And things went bad with the, with the company just because just money at that time in the economy with the recession. So they were just like, you know, we're going to have to lay you off. You know what I mean? Sorry. You know what I mean? But it is what it is. 
So I was doing a lot of freelance work, whether it was for tattoo shops, whether it was for people's houses, you know, airbrushing murals on their walls and everything. And it just so happened at that time I was doing it for a tattoo shop. And it was like, yo, we love your fucking work, man. It was like, you will be a dope tattoo artist. Have you ever thought about it? I was like, yeah. I've had, I've had Let me tell you this story. It. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've, I've had it come across me before, you know what I'm saying? But I always said that if it comes back, you know what I mean, then that means it's meant to be. So they was like, well, would you be interested in doing an apprenticeship? This time I knew what the fuck it was. So I was like, hell yeah. You know, I had nothing to lose at that point. So um, I started, you know what I mean, apprenticing to be a tattoo artist, and there you go. Damn, man. How, what, was the, what, what was the apprenticeship like? Um, I would still say I had it a little bit easier than, than the old school traditional apprenticeship. But, you know what I mean, like I've, I've, had, my, I've, I've had my stripes, you know what I'm saying? I've had to, to, mm -hmm. to earn earn my ways, pay my dues, you know what I'm saying? Scrubbing everybody's tubes and everything. You know what I mean? Cleaning up after everybody. You know, whether whether the motherfucker took a shit in the bathroom on purpose, you know? It was like like I I had to clean it up, you know? <laughs> it's like I had to do I had to do all the shit, you know? Um cleaning the parking lot, cleaning whatever whatever they told me to do, like I had to clean it, you know? Um but I, I learned a lot of tattooing, though, too. You know, I learned how to do it the traditional way. I learned how to do it neo-traditional. Um, I started out working on fruit. You know what I mean? I, I, I did the practice bullshit skin, you know, um, then graduated to, you know what I mean, better fruits. And then from there, <laughs> graduated to fucking a pig quarter. You know, and then and then actually started tattooing on skin. You know what I mean? It's a way. It's way different, huh? <laughs> Fuck than, yeah. Than fruit in a in a pig quarter. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, I would say I would say the pig skin is the closest thing, but it's still fucking different. You yeah. know what I mean? Nothing will prepare you for an actual human body. You know, actually having having you know what I mean filling the veins and and filling you know what I'm saying their 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 pulse, you know what I mean, right through the skin as you're tattooing them, if they move, you know what I mean, learning how to adjust, you know, sweat. just any, yeah, sweat, you know, you're sweating, they're sweating, you know what I mean, it's, it's a party, you know, <laughs> you're, just, you're just trying to, to learn how to deal with it, anything can happen at that instant, so it's just like, you know, nothing can really prepare you for that except for having the history of tattooing right there by your side. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. What, what was your first tattoo that you did? First tattoo I did was a cockroach. It was a <laughs> traditional cockroach on uh, on the guy that apprenticed me, Mike Can. Um, I did it right on his calf and everything like that. Yeah, that's, but, good, that's good skin, man. It's already stretched for you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It, was, it, was a, it was a perfect place and everything. How'd it come was, out? I was nervous as fuck, man. I ain't gonna lie. I was so fucking nervous. You know what I mean? But it, it was cool. You know what I mean? It came out good. You know, I I had practiced a good amount of times where I felt comfortable enough holding the machine. Mm -hmm. So it, it that didn't bother me. It was more so just being nervous and finally tattooing on human skin. You know? So learning what his reaction would be if I'm not 
putting any kind of ointment on it, and I'm just fucking dry rubbing the fuck out of them. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like you, you learn about those things, and um, it, it was cool. It was cool for my first one. Yeah, um, it's it's a crazy experience, man. You know, like you said, just the different variables that are involved with putting a piece of art on another person. It's a trip. It's a trip, and. Uh, it, it's something that uh, is is pretty captivating when you do it, and it's um, I dig I dig it, man. It's uh, it's pretty it's pretty cool. You know, tattooing tattooing is a uh, is an interesting it's an interesting art, man. You know, it's like none right. it's like none other. Right, right, right. What are you what are you, uh, what are you working on these days, man? What what kind of art projects outside of outside of tattooing? Uh, well, um, the one I'm working on right now, uh, most recently is for, uh, Big Gus's show, mm -hmm. uh, Blooming with Autism. Um, so I'm doing a little, little portrait of my niece and, um, you know what I mean? Have, have it, you know what I mean? Fit perfectly for the show and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, other than that, I'm still working on my series, Black and Brown, um, the the first piece that I did off of that series was the clown girl. Um, the next one is, is a luchador, you know, I mean from Brooklyn, and then um, and then I have another piece after that, which is basically uh, a voodoo priest um, falling in love with a day to dead girl. So just uh, just basically um, combining different styles, you know, what I mean from from different traditions. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that is my, those, those are my most important pieces that I've been working on lately. Um, other than that, I still do a little freelance stuff, you know what I mean? For, for customers or, you know what I mean? For other people. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's cool, man. What, what, uh, medium are you working in? Uh, well, these are, are all charcoal. Um, I would say, uh, other pieces that I'm doing that are on like the painting in the painting realm. I've kind of put those to the side for a little bit just so I can get this series done. And then I'll go back into my painting. Um, a lot of times I paint with acrylic or airbrush. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Where'd the idea that, uh, tell me more about that uh, series that you're doing. Where'd that uh, idea black, come from? Black and Brown. Mm -hmm. uh, black and Brown is basically my tribute to being in Southern California. Um, I, outside of being out here for my tattoo career, I've never really been to California like that. I've only been to California like one time, and that was in, in when I was in college. I came out here with my roommate because he's from L.A., and that was, that was my only experience of being in California other than that. So being out here tattooing and everything for the past three years – I've got to learn a lot, you know what I mean? It just opened my mind up to to a whole nother culture. You know, I've, I've always been been mindful of it, you know what I'm saying, as far as, like, the whole Chicano-style culture and everything like that. But being from the East Coast, you know what I mean, our, you know what I mean, our Latin scene is a little bit different. Our Latin scene is more Puerto Rican, uh, you have Dominican, you have Cuban, you know what I mean, Honorian, like you, you just have you know, Venezuelan, you know what I mean, like you have those different um, like ethnic, ethnicities, 
Yeah. So um, coming over here, you know what I mean? It's just you're getting straight Mexican. You know what I mean? You're fucking 15 minutes from the border, you right. know? So is this you're learning a whole different tradition. Of what I've what I've been seeing, what I've been learning. It's hard. It's hard to to really summarize everything that I've seen. So the only way I can do it is just show it through my art and what I've been what I've been inspired. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's awesome, man. That's a great. Uh, that's a. I like that you the appreciation for your experience is coming out in art. You know, right. it's, uh, it's great to, it's great to hear that, that, that is, that's happening, man. And it's, um, you know, are, how impatient are you when you're in the middle of a project like that? I tend to be impatient with my art. Like, I want that <laughs> shit done. Um, I, I would say I'm, I'm a very patient person. Um, those that have, that have been around me, whether they tattooed around me or if they've done artwork around me. They know that I'm pretty. I'm pretty patient. I'll sit there for hours and months, hours, just painting one little spot. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I can get. I get pretty. Um, I'm pretty calm with dealing with everything. Uh, the only time where I get a little antsy is if I'm really excited about um, a series or something that I'm doing. And I can't, and, and I'm keeping in mind, I was like, okay, I can't stay on this for this amount of time. I need to jump to the next one and to the next one. You know what I mean? Like, you're on a schedule, motherfucker. You're on a schedule. <laughs> but uh, it, it's hard. It's hard. It's really hard. How many projects do you keep going at once? No more than three. No more than three. Yeah. And three is pushing it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just depending on how detailed they are and how much time they're pulling from me because mm-hmm. obviously I already don't have that much time as it is because I'm tattooing all day. So when I get home, which is usually like around eight, nine o'clock and two o'clock, if it's a long session or whatever like that, um, it's hard to have that time to sit there and go, okay, now I'm going to paint for a couple more hours. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, are you but, more cre- are you more creative in the, at night like that or or in the morning? Are you a morning person? I'm not a morning person. <laughs> not a morning person at I'm, all. I'm becoming more of a morning person, and maybe this is just simply by um, you know it's being forced on me because I had had a kid in February, so it's, <laughs> <laughs> you know he's on a he's on his own program, his own fucking schedule. Right. But right. Uh, yeah, I'm dealing with it. I'm dealing it with spot. I'm dealing with it. Uh, in the only way that I know how, and it used to be coffee, and now right. it's uh, now it's spiced tea, which is <laughs> amazing. So, but uh, back to my original question, man. Do you uh, you're you're more creative at night? Like you like to paint at night, or? Um, I've always I've always drawn at night, man. Um, even when I was in high school, you know what I mean. Like I would stay up until three in the morning easily drawing mm-hmm. so now um i have a weird ass schedule i i'll i'll tattoo and my cutoff time is usually i have to be home by like eight o'clock you know what i mean once i get home at eight o'clock i like snack on something real quick let my dog out and then i go straight to bed then i wake up 
usually like around three in the morning. And then by the time I wake up at three in the morning, I get me like either some tea or, you know, I mean, something to munch on or whatever like that. And then I'm up all the way until I go to work. And usually we don't open the shop until 12 o'clock. So that's like three o'clock in the morning to 12 o'clock p.m. <laughs> right. I mean, and then I and then I'm tattooing for the rest of that day. Then by the time I get home again, it's basically I'm doing the same cycle all yeah. over again. So it's just like by me doing that, like I I keep between three to six hours of sleep on hand. And then if it's if, if I'm really on a crunch for a deadline, then I'm on a ninety minute to an hour and a half cycle of sleep. You know what I'm saying? And then I'm fucking just drawing for the rest of the time. Damn. Have you ever have you ever looked into that? Um polyphasic sleep cycle shit where you it's a, it's a um as opposed to like a mono, monophasic sleep cycle which would be one time you sleep like one long period seven eight hours no whatever no that shit works that I, shit works i heard see now i've looked into it i've never gave it any like real college try to right. to do it Right. I've, I've I've thought I've you know I've, I've wanted to, but I don't know if I could go through. I guess your body goes through some sort of like, um, like it has to get used to that shit, right? You're fucking up your yeah. you're fucking up something, you know, yeah. that's been there say, for a long say, time. I would say I gave it. I, I went through it through the trial runs in college. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because all those deadlines that you got to have, you know what I mean? And especially working all the way up to my thesis, to my senior thesis, like, I got no sleep doing my thesis at all. You know what I mean? So it's just like, okay, there's got to be some kind of way I can sleep, but at the same time, be productive, you mm -hmm. know? And that's when I looked up what you're talking about. And it, it was a book that um it was it was some kind of like um physical therapist uh -huh. he had gave he had gave me the brochure in it to read and that's when i started like really looking it up and it's like you do sleep in cycles yeah your body sleeps in, it's like 90 minute cycles yeah yeah exactly that's exactly it there was a school out here the place i found out about it was a school in berkeley okay oh, the fuck is that it's a create it's creative arts school uh, for animation and and um shit like that it's in it's either right in berkeley or right in emeryville but um okay they I, I went they do music there too and i was visiting a buddy who was um use using one of their studios for to record some music there and he was like yeah these guys all these students here at this place are on this they encourage them and t show them this information about this polyphasic sleep cycle where you're sleeping like for three hours you know for um no more than yeah i think it's like an either 90 minutes or no more than three hours I, there could be difference i think there's different ways that people do it like there's a baseline i'm trying to look it up here um but well, well it's, it is i know i know definitely it's increments of 90 minutes so yeah. if you want it so okay if you if you're just trying to take like a little nap like a little cat nap then yeah. that's your 90 minutes right there yeah if you're trying if you're trying to get a little bit more asleep so so then that way you just have a little bit more energy because you're gonna be doing more things um, and, and your body needs that to, to feed off of then then that's when you go for the three three hours or you go for right. the six hours you yeah. know what I mean yeah and exactly. it's just like it's just like when it's crazy because I, when I first tried it 
Like, I was dragging ass, man. That's like, what they say. It takes a bit for your body to click in, but once it clicks in, you're up. Yeah. You're getting hella shit done. You're, yeah. eat, you're eating a lot more, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I would say it took me a week and a half for it to kick mm -hmm. in. For that week and a half, man, I was hating life. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, I, it, it was just like, when does this shit kick in? And then, I kid you not, like, literally after a week and a half, I, I, I went to I went to sleep early, and, w and I set my alarm clock. Of course, you have to have your alarm clock set for this shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? But as soon as I set my alarm clock, and I got up, I, I did three hours. Okay? I got up right on the, th the third hour. I fucking snapped up like it was nothing, man. Like, <laughs> like, 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 I just, like, woke up. You know what I mean? And I was refreshed. I got just enough sleep and everything, and I was able to go for, like, a good six to eight hours. You know what I mean? No problem. And then by that time, like, I went back to sleep for 90 minutes. You know what I mean? And then I woke back up, and then I was refreshed again. And then I went for another six hours. You know what I mean? And then I went back to sleep again for three hours. So yeah. it's just like you keep on going back and forth between the three hours and the 90, the 90 minutes. Huh. Then the 90 minutes is your nap. The three hours is your sleep, and then oh, and then, okay. and, then and then you're you're good. You know what I'm saying? But the the problem with this though, you can only go a certain amount of time doing this. Right. You know what I mean, like after three or four days of doing this shit, your body <laughs> is exhausted. You know what I mean? Like you 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 you're like a zombie. You're literally like a zombie walking around, and you need you need that actual six hour or more than six hour sleep. To, to really, really, you know what I'm saying, make your body reset, and then you're good. Yeah. yeah. But that, that shit works, though. And that's what I heard, too. And I heard that you can, if you get on it, it has to be very strict, right? Like you, the alarm yeah. clock thing, you have to do that. And I think it was um, this one cycle that I was looking at was like three, you sleep three hours, and that's, uh, and then you're up. And you, at a certain, at two other periods of time in the 24-hour period, you sleep for, I think, a half hour. You take a half-hour nap or something like yeah. that. So it's like this um, three times throughout a 24-hour period, you're sleeping. Yeah. And the rest of the fucking time, you're up. You're up. Yeah. But yeah. there was a guy that blogged about it years ago that I was, uh, that I checked out. And um, he did it. And he said he actually being real strict on that schedule, he was able to keep it up for a period of, you know, a long period of time. But man, it's gotta, it's gotta really fuck with your body. Yeah. I mean, it, it does fuck with your body at first, but then it's just like when your body gets used to it, it, uh -huh. it, it, it starts to, um, just the same way, like muscle memory works. You right. know what I'm saying? If you're going to the gym and everything like that, and, and, and you have a religious routine and you're con constantly doing it, and then all of a sudden you fall off for like two weeks or whatever like that. And then you go back. Of course, the first time when you go back, you're going to be sore. But after that first day, you know what I'm saying, and you go back to the gym again, your muscle memory kicks in yeah. and then your soreness goes away. And next thing you know, you're like getting it just the same way you were before you took the break. You know, it's kind of the same way. Like you're, you're just training your body. In your mind to, to respond off of that off of off that time. You yeah, know what I mean, I think, I, think a, I think a lot of it has to do with your mind as well and the mindset 
you know, because I'm yeah. sure every, you know, everybody out there listening is woken up one day or the other, you know, kind of bummed out for whatever reason or grumpy or, you know, or you wake up fucking super happy, you know? So it's like, there's different, uh, um, you know, it's, it's, it's different for, for everybody. But when you wake up, like, let's say grumpy, um, man, you can change that shit with your, with your mind. Like you, you can, you know, you can, if, if there's nothing that's, you know, actually affecting you in a negative way, you're just kind of fucked up, you know, when you wake up in the morning and like, I had that happen the other day and I was like, man, I, this is, there's no reason I should feel this way. You know, there's no right. reason to be fucking bummed out or grumpy or whatever. And, you know, you got to kind of change that mindset. And so I think yeah. the mind is, is man, it's, it's a powerful, powerful tool for sure. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, definitely uh, one of your strongest muscles, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, for you for you to train it to do this and to respond to it and then it does it you know what i mean of course there's going to be certain reactions and side effects to it yeah. you know you're you're going to have those those days where you wake up and you're just pissed off at the world for no reason <laughs> right you know what i'm saying well motherfucker it might be because you didn't get that much sleep you know what i'm saying <laughs> right but, exactly but, uh, it it definitely um it definitely messes with you but if you can learn how to like kind of like push that back a little bit or not let your, I guess like your anxiety or anything like overwhelm you, mm -hmm. then it, it helps you problem solve. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm feeling this way. I'm feeling that way, you know, but this makes me happy and I feel happier doing this. So let me try to do that. And then that will kind of help things out. Then next thing you know, you're not even thinking about the shit that right. you was pissed off about like 10 minutes ago. You know, because you're so you're so focused on on doing the positive, or so focused on on getting to the to your objective that you're trying to achieve. You know, yeah. well, I think absolutely having goals is is key to being able to get yourself up at three a.m. and yeah. or maybe even harder than that, go to bed at eight a.m. so you can get that seven yeah. hours of sleep and feel refreshed to work from three to, you know, 11, 11.30 or whenever you have to leave to go to the shop and be productive in that time, which, man, I kind of like how you do it, because, do that because if you can sacrifice that evening time to work on your artwork um, that you have to, you know, you you're normally would take up your off time, but you're doing it at 3 a.m., 3 to 8, let's say 3 to 8 a.m., five hours where nothing's fucking going on. You know, there's no stores. That's, a, that's, that's the perfect part about it. That's exactly. The part of it. There's nobody. There's nobody that's gonna. Um, that's really gonna fuck with you at three in the morning unless you have a booty call or or, or whatever you got going on. But for the most part, the at the average motherfucker is not doing anything at three in the morning. Right. You know what I mean? But sleeping. Right, and it's so, exactly right, man. You so you're putting yourself in a in a position where. You know, you're gonna be you're gonna be left alone. You can focus. You know, right. the only thing that might be messing with you is you, is the dog. You know, and so, yeah, and even my dog, like he's he's used to me drawing, so he knows what it is. You're like, oh, you're right. doing this now, okay? You know what, I mean? <laughs> what kind of dog you got? I have a great thing. Oh. Big fucking dog. <laughs> How old is he? Uh, he's six. Oh man. 
That's cool. Nice. 630 pounds. Oh, shit. That's a beautiful, <laughs> that's a beautiful animal, man. Great Danes are, there's a couple that walk around town here that I've stopped and, and, uh, you know, I think people that have Great Danes, they're, they have them, man. They keep them. And yeah. like, cause these people that I ran into here in town, they were on their like third or fourth, you know? Yeah. Um, dog. Well, the, well, and it's like, the, the sad part about them are, is, is like their lifespan is not, short, right? not long. It's, it's short. And it's just because, uh, to be a breed that has a, a large cavity, like, like their, their chest is huge. Yeah. Their, their stomachs are huge and everything like that. So, with that, there's a lot of room for error for a lot of things that happen. They get bloat. They get, you know what I mean, all kinds of, uh, mm-hmm. of uh, painful things that happen to them. Or or they have hip dysplasia or they have this or they have that or something with their heart, whatever like that. So they're one of, the, they're one of those breeds that are definitely, they can be sensitive. But if you do the right precautions when they're young, you know what I'm saying, they last longer. Mm-hmm. So... That, I mean, that's a good thing to have. So, so then I wait when they can live longer, yeah. and they're not just living for the the typical seven years. They're living for nine years. They're living for eleven years. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, is it's definitely you have to be mindful of that. But if you can keep them for as long as you can, man, they're they're very very good loyal animals, man. Good personalities. Yes, yes. Mine actually has my personality, so <laughs> you know what I mean. He um, he's chill, but don't fuck with him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like he, he just like he lays back. You know what I mean? He he watches TV. Me and him will watch Sports Center together and stuff like that. But uh, but yeah, he he, he gets territorial. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> sports. Uh, so are you big into sports too? I know you're a sneakerhead from yeah, creeping on yeah, your Instagram. That- Definitely, definitely. Um, so did but you yeah, know- I, um, I, I'm into uh, basketball. I'm into football. You know what I'm saying? So did you watch the last uh, the, the the finals? The, of course. The, the the amazing Golden State Warriors season that ends in them fucking it all up. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I mean, that's that's how it goes. Though it's usually one side that chokes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do, man? You know, it's uh, it, it's pretty crazy. So, how many, how many, uh, being a sneakerhead, do you are you do you have an ungodly amount of sneakers, or are you just um, them? I, I I slim I slim my closet down a little bit lately. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I think right now I have fifty pairs that are in rotation right now. But before that, I had a little bit more than that. I think I was I was pushing close to seventy. Shit, but but I had to sell some, you know what I mean? Like I, I sold I sold a good amount of them when I moved um, to come out here, mm-hmm. and then um, and then through the years of me being out here, like I've kind of been like I've been really good, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I haven't been buying that many shoes, but yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, it's hard, man. It's a gift and a curse, yo. Like like real shit. <laughs> I I love shoes like way too much, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's well. I've had a lot of uh, I've talked to a handful of tattooers, man, that are sneakerheads. You know, like uh, Ryan yeah. Mullins, who I had on the oh, show. Oh yeah, he's a heavy sneakerhead. Yeah, that motherfucker, he's a heavy sneakerhead. BJ Betts is a that's fucking sneakerhead too. That's who I was gonna say, BJ Betts, because he, I mean, he talked about it um, when I talked to him on my 
old podcast uh, a few years back. And uh, oh yeah, man, that guy's got, you know, he's into it. Yeah, he he has like I, I give it to that dude, man. He like his trainers, like all 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 his like his, his cross trainers and shit, and his running shoes. Like he he's he's in the game, yo. You know what I mean? Flock flocks. He's a sneakerhead too. Like he got he has a lot of uh, he has a lot of Cortezes, like crazy ass Cortezes. You know what I mean? And Do then you have, you have a favorite pair? Me? Um, let me see. I would say it's between Jordans. I have three three different ones that are my favorite in that. Of course, the threes, fours, elevens, and then um, and then other than that, it's Air Maxes, and it has to be the Air Max nineties. That's it. The yeah, Air Max nineties or nothing. 90s. Yeah, well, ninety ninety five is a dope, but I'm uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it, man. I like I like uh, it, it's it's great to see you still uh, succeeding, man, and and still pushing hard. You know, at what you what we talked about, you know, a year ago or so. You know, it's uh, it's it's nice to see your work. I do think it's continuing to evolve. I think you've gotten even better in the last year. You know, it's it's that's even cool to see. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, and um, it'll be it'll be awesome to see. You know where things where things take you, man. You know, San Diego seems like a great little spot for you. Um, what's what's coming up for you? What do you got going on? Any kind of shows coming up, or what's the game uh, plan? Well, okay. I have my shirts dropping. Uh, they'll, they'll be dropping by August. Um, I got I got the word on that when we was in Palm Springs. Um, I'm doing the Virginia Beach a tattoo convention. Uh, that's going to be the I think it's the second week of August. Um, then after that, I'll be doing a guest spot in Baltimore. I'll also be doing Carriage House with Big Gus. Mm -hmm. um, Did you do I mean, that one last year? I didn't do it last year. I didn't do it last year, but um, but this year uh, he definitely gave me the invitation. He was like, "Man, we definitely love to have you." So you know, what I mean, I'm I'm Gus invites me somewhere. I'm there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Plus, I heard that's um, a in a cool venue. I mean, yeah. I heard that whole show was kind of cool. With uh, I talked to Justin Burnout uh, and. About it and his experience there, but um, and, and I talked to Gus about it too. But the whole setup, like with the low, um, they don't have the normal like uh, setup that most conventions have, where it's like the drapes. Nah, it's pipe. a distillery. It's a fucking distillery. <laughs> right. It's like uh, it's a total unique venue with a with a situation where it's set up where everything's separated like at waist height right so you can kind right. of look across the whole room and see who's tattooing and right, what everybody's right. doing how did you like that um oh you haven't been you didn't go last year but i didn't go last year but everybody every everybody has told me about it you know what i mean i've talked to pooch about it i've talked to justin mm -hmm. burnout about it i've talked to flocks about it of course you know what i mean i've talked to uh dave lukeson about it, you know what I mean, and these are all artists who who, who went to the first one, and um, it, it's it's definitely a dope venue, man. Like from all the pictures that I've seen, 
You know what I mean? The way the setups are, you know what I mean? Like, it's really, really dope. And it's it's something that's fresh and it's different. You yeah. know what I mean? You don't, you don't get that in an average tattoo convention setting. You know, normal tattoo convention is either you're in a ballroom of a hotel or you're in a convention center. It's either one or the other. You know what I mean? And this is totally not that. You know what I mean? You're you're right there, right where the liquor's being made. So you got a fresh cocktail as soon as you're done tattooing. You know what I'm saying? You're good. <laughs> <laughs> it's party time. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like but it's just a good time though. You know what I mean? You could definitely see it's just it's a really good time. And then the people I've heard um, that's around the area, the locals and everything, they really respond to the 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 whole convention and everything with with great feelings. You know what I mean? They're coming out, they're coming out getting tattooed, they're supporting. You even got the cops supporting. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, it's it's pretty crazy. That's awesome, you know? man. Dominic Taylor, you're a bad motherfucker. Thanks for uh, talking to me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure, man. All right. Take care. Take it easy. Well, that's it, everybody. Thanks for checking out the show. Make sure to check out SullenRadio.com. Subscribe to the newsletter. You're going to get extra podcasts and information on where I'm going to be and what's going on with me and the show. You can also check me out on Instagram and Twitter. That's at OG Joe Swanson. Hit me up. Let me know what you guys want to hear about, who you want to hear from, and we'll try to get them on the show. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Have a great day. Enjoy your right now, and keep hustling.